0: It's not too late to stop in a Cedic run and get everything you need for track season. If you need a new pair of training shoes, there's no better place than SDR. Richard, Adam, and Matt are the experts and are going to make sure that you walk or run away from the shop with the perfect pair of shoes for you. Also, be sure to check out their wide selection of sprint spikes, jumping spikes, distance spikes, and throwing shoes. And if it's a pair of long tights, new split shorts, a new hoodie, SDR has you covered there too. And if you aren't in the market for New Year, but just want to be a part of the local running scene, SDR hosts Thursday night and Saturday morning group runs. It's probably my favorite place to hang out at it in Grand Forks, and it could be yours, too. That's Cedic Run, located in downtown Grand Forks. This week, I'm giving you a recap of the Northern Sun and the Summer League Conference meets. Both meets had stellar performances from North Dakota natives, and we saw great marks, distances, times, you name it. Some individual awards, some team awards. So we just want to give you a kind of a comprehensive look of what happened over the weekend. And not only that, but we're also going to give you some interviews. We were joined by Jim Varenkamp, who is the UND head coach in his first season at the helm. He led his UND women to a fifth place finish, his UND men to a seventh place finish. So we get a chance to talk to him and hear a little bit about what the conference meet looked like, what the seasons looked like and what he has planned for the Hawks going forward. We were also joined by Alex Talley, the West Fargo native, just finished competing at his first Big Ten Indoor Conference Championship meet. He did super well. We're going to tell you all about his performance, what it's going to look like heading into Indoor National Championship season, and some of his favorite places to dine in Lincoln. I was teammates with Alex, so it's always great catching up with him. So thank you again so much for your support for the podcast. Just following us on social media is huge liking our posts, sharing our posts, spreading the word. That's what really helps build the attention for you guys, the athletes and the fans. We want to make sure that we have as many eyes on the sport as possible. We can only do that with your support. If you want to even take it a step further, head into Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a nice five-star review. Those are free. You don't even have to do that much work to help us out. So thank you again for everything that you guys do. We love making new content for you. Look forward to some new stuff coming here in the next couple weeks. But until then, enjoy this episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson, and today we're going to be talking about all things conference championship meets. So if you've been following along this past weekend, this past week, you'll know that North Dakota colleges, North Dakota universities, North Dakota natives went off and had some great performances, some great marks and great times and distances at their respective conference championships. We're going to dive into two specifically. The Northern Sun Conference, which is home to the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, and home to Minot State, which is in Minot, North Dakota. So we'll start with them. We'll then move on to the Summit League, where UND and North Dakota State competed this past weekend. It was hosted at the University of North Dakota, so first time in Summit League history that that meet was hosted there. And it was a great meet with a lot of great performances. And then we'll kind of move on to some of our North Dakota natives who are competing out of state or who are competing close by, just not for North Dakota schools. So, hope you're paying attention because these are going to be some rapid-fire highlights. Let's first start with the University of Mary. On the men's side, they took fourth place. few performances that stuck out. Brendan Hoyt from Barbados won the 200 in a time of 22.02 seconds. That's his first NSIC championship. And he also took second in the 60 in 6.82 seconds. Dawson Strom, who took six in the 3K, ran 8.23.28. While he's not a North Dakota native, this one stood out to me because it was a new school record. University of Mary is a distance hotspot. They have had some great performers over the years. And so to get a school record there is a really, really big deal. So great job, Dawson. And finally, here is a North Dakota native, Sam Honeyman. If that last name, Honeyman, sounds familiar, we talked about his brother, Mitch, who competed for Dickinson State. Sam finished eighth in the 600 in a time of 124.85. He also was on UMary's marys 3rd third-place 4x4 team. So, great job, Sam. We are really, really excited to see the U-Mary men putting in the work and getting fourth place at conference to keep it rolling into outdoor season. U-Mary's women put on a show at NSIC Championships. They took second place. And while they didn't get the win, man, they had some great individual performances. They were led by Taylor Hestekin. She is a North Dakota native from Scranton. She took second in the 1K and came back and took fourth in the mile. Now, her time of 4.52 in the mile converts to 4.49, which is going to take her to the NCAA Championships. We'll touch on that in just a moment. Another North Dakota native, Lacey Feist of Bowman, she took fifth in the 5K So, really great job. Lacey, she ran 1737. Bowman. Cross-country capital of the world. So many great North Dakota runners come out of there. Not a North Dakota native, but still a big deal. Ava Grimm won the 600, so congrats to you, Ava. Now, listen to this list of individuals that are going to the NCAA championships. Umary is taking five women. So it starts with Deandra Morris. She won the triple jump this past weekend at the NSIC championships. She's going to be representing the Marauders in both the triple jump and the long jump at the NCAA meet here in a couple weeks. She's going to be joined in the long jump by two other teammates. Ariana Passery took third in the long jump at the NSIC championships. And then Samoya Neal will also be representing the Marauders in the long jump. So you marry sending three women to NCAAs in one event. That's really, really impressive. Now, another distance runner, Liz Atchison, I guess I should say middle distance runner, she won the 800. She's going to the NCAA championships, and she's ranked 8th heading in, so we'll see what she can do, if she can surprise some people and move up even higher on that list. And then back to Taylor Hestiken. she is a 4-time All-American, she's going to try to make it 5 by competing in the miles. She's currently ranked 13th going in, so we'll see what she can do. So great job, you, Mary Women. Congrats on your second-place finish, and we'll cover you in a couple weeks when you compete at NCAAs. Heading on to Minot State, the men finished 10th this season at the NSIC Championships. Bell Court native Jacob Jensen, individually, he finished 7th in the mile with a time of 4.19. Interesting caveat on that, he originally placed 8th, but due to a disqualification, he got bumped up a spot. So 7th-place finish for Jacob Jensen. Great job. He was also part of Minot State's DMR team, which placed six and set a new school record in the process. So great job, Jacob. He had a phenomenal season. If you've been listening to the podcast, you would know. So we'll see if he can keep it rolling into outdoors. Lewis Cotterill took third in the 600 in a time of 122.26. He has been lighting up the track this indoor season, has a couple school records to his name now. So great job, Lewis. He was also sixth place in the four by four, joining a couple teammates there. Minot State's women, they took 13th at the championships. Corey Nagel was one of the top performers for the Beavers. She finished fifth in the shot put with a toss of 1351. She's a native of Center, North Dakota, a very small town. So great job, Corey. We are going to keep following you as we move into outdoor season. And so that's going to take us to the Summit League championships. Flip over my notes here. The North Dakota State men took third. They had a little bit of an off meet. Still some great performances, but just really tough competition this year from South Dakota State and the University of South Dakota. Jacob Rodine, he took second in the 800, running a time of 149 low. He finishes a great indoor season. and We'll see what he can do outdoors. Josh Knutson, I believe his address is Aurelia, North Dakota, went to Delax Burlington High School. He placed third in the 400 in a time of 47.93. And then Brandon Lewis, winner of the long jump in a jump of 7.37, which is something like 24 feet 10 inches. And then he placed second in the triple jump, jumping 14.52. So the Bismarck Legacy grad getting things done. Great job to you, gentlemen. And we'll look forward to your outdoor season. The NDSU women took second at the meet. Kelby Anderson, what else do we have to say? She was the championships track MVP. She earned that title by winning the 3K, placing second in the mile, and placing second in the 5K. She's a gamer. She gets things done at conference meets. So great job, Kelby, and congrats on your individual award. And then Grace Emineth. She was a coworker of mine at Memory Fireworks one summer. And, you know, as a former coworker, I'll give you a shout out. Third place in the long jump in a, a jump of 5.79 meters. That is 19 feet flat. She also took fourth in the triple jump, so great job, Grace. Heading over to the University of North Dakota, you're going to hear from Coach Jim Varenkamp here in a few moments, but let's just give a few highlights on some North Dakota finishers and some top performances. On the men's side, seventh-place finish for the men, Austin Wolf, Bismarck native, took third in the high jump. He jumped 1.99 meters, just over 6 feet 6 inches. Great job to you, Austin, on getting some all-conference honors there. And then the UND women took fifth. I'm going to count Erica Benson as a North Dakota native. She grew up in Grand Forks. She did move to Mankato in middle school or high school. And came back to the University of North Dakota for college. However, she took second in the pentathlon with a score of 3,712 points. That mark is number two in school history. Only behind teammate Elise Alseth who won the Summit League pentathlon. In a school record mark of 4,080 points, Elise just missed qualifying for the NCAA championships by 19 points, which isn't much at all. If you are familiar with the heptathlon, the pentathlon, the decathlon, the scoring tables, that's, that's just narrowly missing out. So heartbreaking for her, but great first season at UND. And here's a few natives of North Dakota who are at different universities that we still want to give some highlights to. Now, I always say that there's people that we miss every single episode when we give highlights. So if you did something special at your conference meet and we we missed you, I really apologize. Shoot us a message on the podcast Instagram page or the Facebook page. If you're a coach and you know of some athletes that have gone to the college ranks and we've overlooked them somehow, please reach out to us. We don't want to miss out on anybody. Our goal is to get eyes on all these great performances. And so here's just a few of them that we want to give some shout outs to. Alex Talley, who you're going to hear from here in just a little bit, representing the Nebraska Cornhuskers, he won the weight throw at the Big Ten Championships in a season best toss, also took second in the shot put. So he's doing a great job getting it done for the Huskers. He's going to compete in both those events, the weight throw and the shot put at the NCAA Championships here in a couple weeks. So we'll keep our eyes on you, Alex. Good luck at those. He's ranked ninth going into both events. Megan Ford took fifth place in the 3K at the Southern Conference meet for Furman University. She also took fourth in the mile in a time of 4.57. So yeah, helped the Furman women to a fifth place finish. She did walk away from the meet in a boot. That's what we saw on Instagram. So heal up, Megan. We look forward to watching your outdoor season, but great job at your first conference meet. Munir Isahak. If you've listened to the podcast, you know this name. Helped the Cobbers to a second-place finish by winning the 3K in a new school record of 8 minutes and 20 seconds. That was his own school record that he broke, so he already had it, but shaved a little bit more time off of it. He came back and finished second in the 5K in a time of 14:31, and he is right on the cusp of qualifying for Nationals in a couple events. So it'll be interesting to see if he has to head to a last-chance meet. You no know Concordia is sending a crew to Wartburg College in Iowa to compete at a last-chance meet, he might be there. If he is, we'll keep you updated. Another Cobber that was really getting things done, Tommy Kern, the freshman out of Grafton, North Dakota, now has three Mayak titles to his name. He won the 400 in a time of 49.54. He won the 600 in a school record time of 1 minute 20 seconds. And he was on the first-place 4x4 team for the Cobbers so great job tommy kern last year at the state championship meet he had four state titles seems like everything he touches turns into a championship of some sort so great job tommy on that 4x4 team tommy kern was joined by west fargo cheyenne grad trevor tiongson uh trevor was winner of the 4x4 and also was on concordia's first place 4 by 2 team so great job to you trevor Moving ahead in the episode, you're first going to hear from Jim Varenkamp, coach of the University of North Dakota. He is in his first season as the head coach, just wrapped up, leading his team to competing at conference. And like we said, UND women finished fifth, UND men finished seventh. I ask him all sorts of questions, just like what his first season was like, what things are going to look like for the Fighting Hawks moving into outdoor season. And you're going to get to hear him rant about a couple things too, which is fun, but we always love... Having Coach Baron Camp on the show. After him, you're going to hear from Alex Talley, the West Fargo native, like we said, was getting things done at the Big Ten Championships. You're going to hear about his first experience in the Big Ten, going and competing at NCAA's. And you're also going to get to hear some fun questions that I ask him about some of the best places to eat in Lincoln. So we really had fun recording these interviews. Now, if you're wondering where Cam's at, Cam is now a father. Congrats, Cam, on the birth of your son, Noah. We're super excited for you. Take all the time you need, but we're excited to have you back soon, too. So thank you guys so much for listening. Without further ado, let's head into some of our interviews. So I guess I got to ask you, have you caught your breath yet after this past weekend and after just the crazy last couple of months?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, like to me, this is, I mean, this is the rhythm of my, what I'm used to and and sort of like what I expect too. So uh, everything has met expectations, the way that I live life. Like I was trying to describe one time to my wife, what was okay, what wasn't okay. And finally I settled on how HR does stuff, meets expectations, you know, exceeds expectations significantly. This met expectations. So um, I'm caught up. I feel refreshed. My parents were here, help watch the kids over the weekend and they left this morning. And that was, you know, that I think without them, it would have been a little bit more difficult uh, since we both coached track and field, my wife and I. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of back to looking for projects and thinking about things to do. We were, I was talking with another one of the coaches in the league tonight about like, you know, how can we, how can we set up our long jump areas so that, you know, we can we can get some big jumps out of it. I don't know. We're just trying to wrap our brains about like everybody's primed. Everybody's ready to go. Like what is the missing element from a facility? Is it a facility thing? Is it something we're doing as coaches? So I'm already creating more work for myself as it is.
0: (laughs) But I mean, I only was able to watch the live stream. I wasn't there, but everything seemed to look really good. And I heard from people that were there that it was an awesome championship experience. The live stream was top notch. So good. Like what have you been hearing besides maybe that there weren't some super big jumps? Like what have you been hearing from people as far as feedback goes?
1: I mean, that was, that was pretty much it. You know, I, I talked with Derek miles on day one. He said, yeah, you know, we've got a great pole vault setup. Can't figure out where the guys aren't, aren't jumping big. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Well then day two, you know, the, the girls come and pull hold on the exact same runway on, for all intents and purposes, the exact same setup and jump big. Mm-hmm. So then I was kind of kidding him afterwards. I was like, is it, is it the setup or is it your kids? You know, what's, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, and so like no negative feedback. And, and to me, I think one of the things that's, that's probably important to frame from a contextual standpoint is what's the expectation when you go to a conference championship. Almost every coach that's in the league formerly was in a lesser league, like D2, in the North Central Conference back in the day. And outside of the conference meet, the biggest meet that we went to was the NCAA championship. And several coaches in the league have agreed, like, that's our standard. Like, that is what the meet should feel like from the way it's executed, the level of professionalism that Student athletes' experience, the ability for moms and dads to come in and enjoy it—you know—the the ability to live stream some of that to put live results because not every meet that you go to right now has live results or competent officials or uh, you know any number of of, of pieces. But that's what for, for at least for me and for other coaches in the league, that's what our standard is. So this again met expectations. It wasn't anything that exceeds expectations. Just hopefully. You know, the goal is to kind of raise that bar every time that we have an opportunity and somebody says, here's how we're going to do things. We want to take it to the next level. So one of the things that we're already thinking about right now, we're going to host cross country conference championships next year at our place. So our thought process is how can we make that another true championship experience, whether it is um, the layout of the course or you know, any number of things with cross country or like right now, my plan is to be a color commentary on it with a full call guy just the entire way through And we're talking about getting a couple drones in the air to get a couple different shots and maybe a couple different manned cameras to, to really produce it at a high level and, and maybe even do a better job than the NCAA does. Because, you know, aeronautics is one of the things that our university does. Drones is one of the things that our university does. Let's draw upon that expertise and figure out ways that we can provide an experience that maybe you wouldn't get it in an, an NCAA or a regional championship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you bring that up because Cam and I and several other people have brought it up that sometimes the conference meet for the summit league is lesser than, you know, North Dakota state high school meet. When you think about the intensity of the fans and the number of people there and the attention to detail, you, you, like a summit league championship should be a big thing. So I'm glad that you guys are working on that. And that's like your goal is to lift that up because I mean, when that is like the majority, that is the pinnacle for a majority of people and like some athletes get to go on to NCAAs, but yeah. How can you make that experience even better? And what can you do to really give it that championship feel?
1: Yeah. One of the things that's really difficult and challenging for us is proximity to fans. You know, if you think about the North Dakota state championship, South Dakota State Championship, Minnesota, whichever state you're from, everybody's within three to four hours. And for everyone, that's the pinnacle of the year. It works out in a way where everybody can be there. Everybody's a big fan of the sport. Everybody knows each other because they also, you know, perhaps are cross country, they're running against each other. Maybe they're playing another sport during the winter and then they're coming again out. during. You know, for most of us, mom and dad, maybe five or six states away. Some people, you know, depending upon where you're from might be literally a world away mm-hmm. literally 24 <laughs> hours by plane away from the conference championship and so that's why for us like live stream is one of those ways and I'm still waiting for the streaming numbers but I was talking uh, to one of the administrators he said during a dead period when nothing was going on and they were just showing high jump so there were 250 people watching the stream when there was nothing going on so I have hopefully you know we're reaching people in a way where we can engage them and and supplant some of that lack of access for people, especially like on a Friday. That's hard too, to to get there on a Friday.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, like shifting gears a little bit, just tell me about what some of your athletes did. Like, tell me about some of the performances that really stood out to you and to your wife and to Coach Elijah.
1: Um, the biggest thing we were trying to do, we had Elisa in the multi, and um, I thought it would take a little over 4,100 points to qualify for the national meet. It took 40,99. So Mm -hmm. I was at one point, that's pretty good. Pat myself on the back, she's 4080. If we had been on a flat 200 meter track and this is my beef with conversions. If we'd been on a flat 200 meter track she'd be at the national championship this year. Which is nonsense for an 800, for multi girls they're not running fast. It's not a advantage or a disadvantage. But there are girls ahead of her on the list that are at the national meet because they competed on a flat 200. I would love to see the NCAA throw that out because it is not a lack of access problem, especially at the Division One level. It is, mm-hmm. you know, just let the times kind of stand for themselves. And I understand that there's a big push because some schools compete at altitude, you know, whatever. That's their problem. They can go fly somewhere gotcha somewhere else. Like everybody that's in the NCAA and D1 has a budget that enables them to fly down off the mountain and go compete at BU or go compete at Washington. And those athletes do. Like there really shouldn't be a scenario when BYU, who can fly anywhere on the continental United States, gets in because of a conversion. You know, there was a division two meet that was held at 7,000 feet, which is right at the same level that Laramie, Wyoming is. 1430 converted down into the 13s. I think it's 1450 converted down into the 13s is going to get into the NCAA championships not a lack of access there um, but I but I do think that that's one of the injustices that exists out there when it comes to the NCAA I think there's some antiquated thought when it comes to that And if you go back and you look at the research um, I would say it's it's really really skewed to those that live at altitude and come down versus those that are at, sea level and go up to altitude, it it doesn't, it's not a not an even playing field. When you're at our level and everybody has the access to travel, it's it's silly. It's nonsense. Mm -hmm. But moving on from that, (laughs) I was really struck by is that across the board, I would say around 85, 90%, I haven't done the math of kids set personal bests.
0: Man, that's awesome.
1: Like personal bests. And so that's just a testament to number one, the Summit League and the level of competition, and what that draws out of our kids. Uh, and number two, just the hard work that those kids have put in throughout the entire year and the, the buy in that those kids are getting. Um, I was really bummed out. I'll give a shout out to Michaela Weiss. Uh, the Summit League has got a rule where if you're not in the top 12 and you get lapped, they yank you off the track for the 5K. Um, I get it. You're not in a scoring position, but man, she was on pace to run 1750 for, for 5k, which would have been roughly a 22nd PB for her.
0: She's
1: going, She's going to do it somewhere. We're going to take her to another meet and give her a great chance to run a fast 5k, but um, <clears throat> awesome to see her and some of the other distance girls, figure it out. Jaden Keeler, who's a freshman knocked it out of the park in the 3k and the 5k with big PVs and both of those. Uh, so just across the board, just very, very, Uh, excited sprint girls ran lifetime bests you know in the 60s 777 778 779 three girls bing 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 right in a row they didn't catch the times for the the finals of the 60 meter hurdles on the girls side but i went through uh, went back and took my software and timed it out 877 for you know my which is also another personal best Uh, guys we had uh, mitchell Wangler set a personal best 60 meter hurdles Joy Vosick said it. Personal best run 49 of the 400 meter dash. It's fastest he's ever run indoor. So it's only run 49 once outdoor. If you just go back through all of those, Alec Nelson um, ran a lifetime personal best in the 800, 153. That's the fastest he's ever run. The league's just really good. It didn't make it to finals. Um, that's just across the board. Lots of kids are, are doing great things. So uh, I was ex- I was excited about it. Everybody everybody that didn't set a personal best competed really well. And we had great competition, great presence from all the kids. And I just see, I just see like so much of us trending in the right direction um, and, and so much buy-in. that I love the way, I love the way that kids are, kids are, are fighting and competing every single week. And, and the conference meet was no, no exception.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And I remember we've talked several times about how culture is like a big thing. You want to change the culture. And do you feel like you're achieving that?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing too is culture and expectations. Like we had a team meeting today and and Tom Scott, who's our distance coach, was just talking with with the distance kids, let's set some expectations. And they went through and they they put together their expectations and what they want for the team. And, man, they mirror what we want as a coaching staff. But what's fun is being able to work with them and talk about process-oriented goals versus outcome-oriented goals you know, one of their, one of their uh, goals is like, I want everybody to set a personal best. Well, that's great. But here's a question. What do we need to do to set a personal best? Is it consistency? Is it mileage? Is it, you know, intensity? Is it, you know, sleep? Is it nutrition? Is it interpersonal, you know, struggles that you're having with friends or people on the team or boyfriend, girlfriend, any of those things can be detrimental to your performance ultimately. And so that's a great opportunity because, I think fundamentally, if you, if, well, I believe this about coaches, we're, we're foundationally and fundamentally teachers at heart. Like that's, mm-hmm. we're outside of the classroom. We're a little bit different that we are teaching the sport of track and field. Um, but we were talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and in, in my meeting the other day, just talking about what do you need to be, access, be successful? What do you need to get to that peak of the pyramid, which is self-actualization? What self-actualization mean? I mean? You know what? Some kids who are not education majors, I always tease Troy Vosick about it because he's an economics major. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know what that means. So it's exciting to have those conversations with kids and talk about what are real and what are perceived needs and what are things that, that will move the needle ultimately for what our goals are as a, as a coaching staff and then also you know in our interpersonal relationships with our student athletes every single day. So I love what I'm seeing from a culture standpoint. It's I've worked with a lot of coaching staffs. I don't give a shout out to all the coaching staff here. Um, I'm not trying to get on my wife's good side, but people are those people are awesome. Elijah, our throws coach, is a phenomenal person. He's a people person. I mean, he really relates to kids really, really well. And on top of that, like kids are buying in. Love that stuff. Tom, he's driven by interpersonal relationships and time he spends with kids. Like he really buys into it, gets kids. And and like they're starting to perceive that and and get on board with that. Love to see the the performances from everybody top to bottom. You know, best kids, worst kids, all of that stuff. So I'm pumped. I'm really excited. But naturally I'm pretty positive in nature. So it'd be hard to get negative comments out of me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. And that's so cool. Especially like you said, like top to bottom. And you've alluded to this a little bit just in the last couple of minutes, but what is outdoor season going to look like? Where are you guys going to open up? And I guess where, where's the first place Michaela Weiss is going to get that crack at a PB5K. So
1: number one thing, PB5K that we're talking about for Michaela Weiss, we're going to spend, I'm going to give away the secrets to distance training here. We're going to spend a lot of time working on aerobic development. There is no shortcut to being good. Our kids are going to run decent miles, they're going to work hard, they're going to put that as a priority day-to-day and we're, we're, we're trying to do two things here. We're getting ready for cross-country next year and we're trying to work towards 510 PBs for most of our kids and most of our kids are going to be primarily focused on steeplechase 510 outdoor and that is just philosophically going to be a departure from what we've done in the past. And I say we I say that as the University of North Dakota, like that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna develop aerobically and we're gonna get better as runners. And that is one of the things that I preach all the time is strength is speed. The stronger you get, the bigger the aerobic engine is, then we're, then we're polishing the quarterback. But otherwise everybody's out there polishing your Dodge Neon doing reps on the track. Like that thing isn't gonna hold up when it comes to race day. And we're trying to put, put a big engine in the vehicle that we're gonna be riding around with. So she's gonna go out to Mount Sac that's a great weekend. You get Brian Clay. I think it's 25 heats of the 1500. They're going to be a bunch of heats of the 5K. And then we've also got, uh, well, this is this ties right into it. The University of Miami coach just just called me. We're going to go down to Miami here in a couple of weeks with uh, Sprint's Jumps kids to get things going over spring, spring break as well. So we're going to go to Miami. We're going to follow that up. We're going to go down to University of Texas, Texas State. And then uh, I think we're in South Dakota. And then I think we're back out to uh to mount Sac, and then we're back south dakota we're at drake relays and then we got a weekend off potentially down at moorhead and then we're down uh going to the conference meet which is in tulsa oklahoma this year so we're trying to get people to to warm weather and we're trying to give everybody an opportunity who's looking at trying to make that regional list because we frame that as What's our priority? We're going to try to get to regionals, and if you're trying to get to regionals, you're going to be fine when it comes to conference. So, mm-hmm. those are the things that uh, we're trying to work on. I know that's that's a long answer to a short question. What I would I miss in the middle there?
0: No, I think you hit it really well. It's uh, it sounds like a really good schedule, like you said, getting athletes to kind of like those yeah, tailored the, meets, right? You got your yeah, sprinters to warm weather, jumpers warm weather.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I struggle with with jumpers, we just moved here from. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and I wouldn't take my kids from Charlotte uh, down to Myrtle just because it, it's it's a, it's warmer in here, but it's 30 mile an hour sustained winds coming off of the ocean and it can be between 40 and 60 degrees. Like if we're going to go somewhere to get warm weather, we're going to go somewhere to get warm weather. And I already told the kids that they need to get out and they need to buy some uh, tanning lotion and they need figure out what they need to do to manage the 80 degree temperatures that they're going to deal with. But with speed power kids, man, spot on. That is going to be a great place where we can like, we can roll off of what happened at conference and get it going right away and not have to wait for weather for, for an entire month. We had, we had a workout today. Um, speed power kids did it. Man, kids knocked it out of the park. And so we're continuing that progression. I'm super excited. Like have personal bests up and down, you know, practice time. So I'm excited to get people out in the sun and start running hundred meter hurdles, 400 meter hurdles, doing some of those things out on, on a, on a big track.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now you talk about all these sweet meats. And if you're a recruit that's listening right now, you gotta be pretty excited to just hear about what you're doing for your athletes. If I would have asked you a couple months ago, and I think this was a question like, what's the recruiting pitch? How do you, how are you going to get kids to UND? It was, you know, we're going to be a family. We're going to really focus on the culture and, you're starting to build that after being on campus for a little bit and seeing some of your social media posts, like what's your new recruiting pitch? How has that changed now compared to when you first took the job?
1: I think the only thing that has changed is more so we're just trying to open people's eyes to the level of opportunity that exists. So we've got culture that's moving in the right direction. We have facilities We've got degrees because a lot, not every university's got engineering, not every university's got nursing, not every, every university's got a brand new business school, you know, just like all of these different things that are really, really positive. And that's just my nature is we're, we're, we do a lot of positive recruiting and we're just going to sell what we are and really try to dispel a lot of myths. One of the things that I struggle with the most, and this is a knock on the people in Grand Forks. I just moved here from Charlotte. Oh my God, it's gonna be so cold. And I'm just like, do you want people to come here or not? Like, I'm a huge fan of Grand Forks. I want you to understand that it's not that cold, that whatever the temperature is, whether it's negative 25 or zero out or 30 out, they're all the same. We practice at 75 degrees every single day. And we have the ability to get done anything that we want and we can travel wherever we need, we can control what we can control, which is our indoor temperature and where we go to get meats. I mean, there are a lot of places in D1 that can't say that. And there are people in our league that can't say that. Mm -hmm. There are people in our league who cannot say, we'll take you wherever you need to go to be successful. That's, That's our pitch right now. And I'm not knocking anybody else in our league. I'm just saying like, that's what you've got. One of the things also that I'm, I'm pitching to to a lot of kids that seems probably sacrilegious is that I'm married to one of the jumps coaches and they're not leaving. Like, so your sprint jumps coaching combination here is stable. You know, we're paying some of our other coaches a living wage and that we're not going to have a revolving door. One of the strengths of the other schools in our league that we haven't had is a John Larson, who went to South Dakota State and coached at NDSU for his whole life. Dave Gottsleben that was at South Dakota for basically his whole life. And now you got a Lucky Huber who was there in 1994. I love Lucky, he hasn't lived more than 10 miles away from Vermilion his whole life. You got Stevie, who's been at NDSU with the exception of a little segue out into Montana basically his entire life. You got Rod, who's been at SDSU basically his entire life. Those are really great things stability in our in our coaching staff that's another one of those things that we're pitching like we got a great staff we got a staff that's going to stay here a staff that's committed that loves not only the kids that we have but loves the town that we live in and and is trying to sell that hard like so we're we're beating the bushes as hard as we can to, to to pitch that to people and like the only reason I was a little bit late to this call is I was on another call with a recruit trying to figure out you know how do we make things work and how do we get them to our campus to, to make us a better team? So
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: yeah, I'm excited about all of that stuff.
0: Well, I don't want to take too much of your time real quick before I let you go. How I know they've torn down like the Memorial stadium is the track still intact as of now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think we've got on the backside, all like where Memorial stadium was, we've either got six lanes or we got eight lanes out there. And they've just got a little bit of fence between where they're going to start construction on our new athletic offices this uh, spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we still have the ability to go out there and use four lanes all the way around the track. And I put in a request with facilities today, let's knock the snow off of that so that we can melt and with these beautiful 40 degree days that are coming here in a week or two. We're going to be able to get out there and start ripping some 400 meter hurdle reps and getting distance people on the track and start getting some uh, sun get prep for Miami. So we're We're moving in the right direction. We're getting fired up about being able to get back outdoors just like everybody else.
0: Most definitely. Hey, well, coach, (laughs) thanks so much for hopping on. I feel like I could always talk to you for hours whenever you hop on. So maybe we'll have to do that soon. Maybe over spring break, if you had time, but otherwise thanks for joining. Great job at conference and uh, we'll talk soon. Cool. thank you. Dude, so first of all, I haven't talked to you in a long, long time. I'm liking the new – is that new cut you got going, new do?
2: Yeah, so actually, so I started uh, dating a girl named Taylor Latimer. She's on the throws team, and Mm -hmm. she's like, I'll cut your hair now and then give me a whole new look.
0: Dude, I love it. She she was
2: even the one that was like, hey, you should, like, try growing out some facial hair too.
0: Wow. and She
2: did, like, the whole look, man. I don't know. She's got me even doing, like, a skincare routine as well. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> love it dude my wife is trying to get me to do one of those too but i haven't bought in yet
2: dude you you should try it honestly i feel like i'm glowing
0: <laughs> dude you look like you're going and those new glasses too
2: yeah i got them this year um they're only a little bit old the ones i had at NDSU, i had for like three or four years and like the coating was coming off so they're like permanently smudged oh, so man. i'm pretty pretty excited to have these ones
0: well dude we love I, I might have to just post a video of this just because you look so good. So but yeah, dude, I don't know. It's
2: all, it's all thanks to her, man. She, she keeps me up on it. So.
0: <laughs> I'd love to see it. So you're coming off a big weekend, man. You won the weight throw at the Big Ten Championships. You took second in the shot put. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been a whirlwind of a semester, I'm sure, transitioning to a new college, new facilities, new training partners, etc. cetera. But yeah, dude, same same winning ways. You still walk away with the conference <laughs> title. Just like talk me through this specific competition. Like I think the shot put came first, and then the weight throw, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, so starting off, that's a very different way than most meets are ran. This is the only meet I was a part of this entire year that did it that way. Um, it's always been the weight throw first, and then the shot put to follow. But I don't know if that that stuff only bothers you if you let it bother you. You know, I mean, you're gonna have to do both anyway. It Doesn't matter the order. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like my first Big Ten meet goes, um, it was it was different, man. Um, there are a lot of big team schools there that I've never even thrown against, so it was cool to like see some people and there are some big names there that I got to meet and got to kind of talk to a little bit. So it was it was very interesting. And then also the facility was a. Uh, it was called the Spire. And it was in, like the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. Ohio. So like, no schools were there. Nobody had a home field advantage. It was kind of cool.
0: So, yeah, dude, that the Spire Academy—that's a big deal. That's like a really top-notch place. So
2: yeah, some uh, some of the officials that I was talking to said the Lonzo Ball um, family plays basketball there. So that's kind of neat.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a big place. Basketball is like one of their main sports. So, but hey, it could be. Could be shot put, right? That's yeah. the next one.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be cool to see what they do with the camps. I never heard of that place. So
0: yeah, dude. So right now you are sitting in a familiar spot. You're entered in the NCAA championships and both throwing events. Yes, you're currently sir. ranked ninth in the shot put going in, and you're ranked ninth in the weight throw going in. So
2: <laughs> I'm ranked the same.
0: <laughs> dude, how are you feeling? Like, how is everything feeling heading into the championships?
2: um so it, it's been an interesting year for me uh getting used to like the team and everything and I haven't had a PR all season but as far as like consistently near it this has been definitely my most consistently like stellar season like I've been very I've been right on the edge this whole season I'm, I've been ready to pop on all season and I'm thinking Nashville's gonna be a time man you know I've waited all season so I gotta find one eventually
0: <laughs> of course yeah does that does that bother you because you're the king of PRs. Like you seem like you usually the guy that every single meet you'd walk away with a PR, even if it was only a few centimeters, yeah. he was still lifetime best after lifetime best after lifetime best. What has Coach St. Clair said to you? Or what has kind of been your mindset like working through that? Has that been difficult?
2: Um it's it's been a little challenging, but um Coach St. Clair and me have kind of talked and he takes solace and the consistency part of it, you know, where like I'm having throws each meet that get me to finals and the national meet, you know, like stuff like that. Whereas like last year, I couldn't say that. In the weight throw, it was it was very – I was either on or I was off. And there was no no in between. And it, I waited till my last throw and barely snuck into finals last year because I couldn't get it together. I was so hit and miss. So this year being a little more consistent has helped the confidence a little bit. Like I have consistency in the fact that – Uh, confidence in the fact that I will perform how I've performed the rest of the season Where with indoors, that isn't the case for everybody. Some people just can't match what they do at big meets.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm trying to think who I first heard this from, if it was a coach of mine or if it was somebody in the track and field world, but it seems like consistency always precedes a big PR. Like before a breakthrough, you've got to be consistent. So,
2: and that's like another thing that coaches always talked about. He's like, you have to be consistent if you want to hit a big mark. Consistency and then you try to pop one. So, I don't know. I'm taking solace in the fact that I feel like I have to. Otherwise, it will affect the confidence a little bit too much. But, yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the national meet. I'm feeling good. Um, And I'm excited to see what I can do. Uh, I I like, I've talked to a lot of people in the meet already this year. And we're all kind of buddy-buddy. And I'm looking forward to seeing everybody.
0: Yeah, well, that's so cool. Now, you just were named the Big Ten field athlete of the championships. Yep. What were some of your goals heading into the season? I'm sure getting back to nationals was, but picking up mm-hmm. accolades like that, were those on your radar?
2: Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool honor, uh, truthfully. I, I got it a couple times in the summer league, but to come to a, a new conference and get the same awards is, is a really cool feeling. Um, I'm honored that I was able to do that. Um, and I just try to, I try not to think too much about getting awards. I feel like when you start to think about like PRs and awards and you kind of just like lose sight of, you know, just trying your best and doing your best. And uh, that's kind of the mindset I have to have to thrive. If I start worrying about what everybody else is doing and worrying about awards and stuff, then I, I get to it in my head. I like to just kind of, if I go out there and do my best, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. It's what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Let's zoom out look big picture a little bit. If you could sum up going to a new school, this transition in one word, what do you think it would be? It kind of putting you on the spot with this question, but.
2: In one word, I would you, say. You can
0: use two words if you need to or three.
2: Okay. I'm going to use one word just because that was the original rules. I'm going to say exciting. Um, it, I mean, you've been in this situation where you've been like a fifth year senior You've seen it. You, you're kind of like, you know what to expect. Coming to a new school really made me feel like a freshman again. Like truthfully, I felt just excited to meet everybody. It was excited to meet me. Um, new school, got to get used to everything again. It was it was a little rough right away, but um, I'd say just excited at new opportunities. Um, it's only, uh, I think otherwise, if you're not excited about it, then it'd just be scary, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, were there ever times where it was weird because you find yourself throwing in a brand new facility with different team colors on, but you look around and Coach St. Clair is there and Peyton's there and Maddie's there and Max Otterdahl's there? Does that ever so, was that the ever strange?
2: Was all right. Like, I got through the pra- first couple practices. I was like, because uh, if I was there by myself with like Max or Peyton wasn't there, I was like, I don't know any of these people, so like that was a little um, nerve wracking, but. Everybody on the team has been so so welcoming, and they they really open came. Yeah, I came to a team that had open arms, you know. So like I got fit in really well here, and you know they they accepted me very quickly. And then I'd say the the most um, how to word it feels a little weird to put on like red right away, like the first two meets probably. But, you know, I've been around the people, and, like, I see them as my friends now, and, like, I can't wait to compete with them, you know, the guys I've been practicing with. So I've got – you get used to it. It's definitely a little weird right away, but I feel like any new opportunities is going to feel a little awkward right away.
0: Yeah. And talking about putting on the jersey, the other day I saw a video of you launching your winning throw at the Big Ten Championships, but I had to go back and rewind the video and slow it down and pause right where I wanted. You're wearing the C on the jersey. You're the captain, man. Yep, I, yep.
2: I got named the captain of the of the track and field team.
0: Dude, just tell us about that experience a little bit, because that's awesome.
2: Um, You know, it, it so this has been a very interesting year in the fact that, like, me and the coach are new and that we're familiar with each other. So I've done a lot of work, um, especially on this team, to kind of – I know a little bit what to expect from Coach Sinclair. And, you know, Coach can't be around all the time. He's – um, busy and whatnot, so I've tried to do a good job at like telling the new the other guys who aren't as familiar with them, like what to expect, you know, what certain lifts might mean, what certain drills might be, stuff like that, and kind of tried to step up in that kind of leadership role where people have questions, they have someone they can go to and get answers, um, and you know, kind of leading the team in in that regard, and then also I, me and Justin have a have a relationship where he trusts me, I trust him. And he said, um, I, he's like, hey, I, I think you'd represent the team well. And that was part of the decision. So,
0: Man, what an honor. That's, that's yeah. so cool. And as a former teammate of yours, Alex, I'm really proud of you. That's really neat.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Dude, two, two more questions. I promise I wouldn't keep you very long. No, so right now in the weight throw, your former teammate, Trevor, is ranked just a little bit ahead of you. Yeah, man, that
2: guy's having quite a year. I've actually uh, texted him a couple of times. I'd be like, hey, good job, man. You're really killing it.
0: Yeah, so he's ranked sixth going in. Like we said, you're ranked ninth. Uh, Is there a little, like, friendly rivalry? You said you're buddy-buddy with a lot of these guys, and obviously Trevor's a good friend. But are you guys, like, are you putting any bets on this? Are you putting anything on the line?
2: Oh, no, not not like that. I I, want to see him do well. Me, Me and Trevor are good friends, and I've been super stoked to watch him through the year. He's yeah, having one crazy year. He's really shown a lot of promise. Really getting a lot better, um, and I, I respect that. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him at the at the meet. He seems like he's in his element right now, and I can't see. I can't wait to watch him work. Truthfully,
0: mm-hmm. dude, I always love your responses to question Alex. You're just such a genuine guy. And, yeah, uh, I love I, to hear it.
2: Truthfully, I wish I could catch him at another meet because I know he made it in the weight throw and he didn't make it in the shot put. But he's seen so much progress in the shot put that I, I would have loved to see that too. Um, yeah. I can, I can see he's really putting in the work this year. And I, I just want to see him. Anyway, you like seeing your friends succeed. So
0: always. All right. Last question. If people have listened to the podcast in the past, they got to hear a really great story from you about how you went to Brookings, South Dakota for a meet and you went to Applebee's. And was it you ordered a two for 20 and you ate both entrees? Yeah, and did you? You didn't order two two for twenties though, right? Or did you? No, did
2: you- I haven't gotten two two for twenties. <laughs> but I, I can tell you about the most I've spent on a trip. I don't know if I've told this story to many people.
0: Tell it again. Tell it again.
2: So uh, I can't remember what meet it was, but it's a place we went. We were just down the street from Disney Land mm-hmm. in California. You know what meet yep. I'm talking about?
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Long Beach. And so that weekend it was always Mount Sac and then like Long Beach State.
2: Yeah, and we finished. And I'd eaten all day. And I, can't, I think I did pretty well that meet, and so did Jacob McBride. So I was like, ah, dude, let's go to Cheesecake Factory. So me and him both went to Cheesecake Factory. And we sat down, and I was like, I wasn't looking at prices or anything. I ordered, I think it was an appetizer, two entrees, and then cheesecake. And I think I paid, and I ate it all that day, and I waddled out of there. Like, I was so full, I felt like I was going to explode but I think I paid somewhere close to $60 just for the food. And then, you know, obviously I leave like a 20% tip, but Jake McBride spent about the same. So two man group came in and dropped like $130 on food that day.
0: <laughs> one oh of the coolest
2: God. stories I have in college. Where, I don't know. I mean, we're in there for like two hours, just eating.
0: Dude. That's funny. And what's, funnier about that is jacob mcbride now works at chick-fil-a so (laughs) yep okay so this that's a perfect segue into this question what have been the best places to eat at in lincoln
2: um so if you're gonna come i suggest laszlo's but Mm -hmm. that place really hard to get into i won't lie to you you, they don't do reservations and they're always packed but if you can get in man it's good otherwise I, was I, I suggest fireworks. We and uh, me and Taylor went there, and it was it was a great time. It was really good food. Um, well, it wasn't that expensive? It was really nice night. It was Super Bowl night too, which is kind of fun. But fireworks is really good too.
0: Nice, dude. Okay, on the Laszlo's, I don't know how many times we would go to the meet at Nebraska, mm-hmm. and it'd be like the second week in April. It's still not that warm outside, and they'd be like. Well, it's going to be a two hour wait if you sit inside, but we can sit you outside immediately.
2: Yeah. We'd be like,
0: yeah, we'll do it. And then we'd just be freezing outside.
2: Yeah. But, but it, it's worth it, man. It's good food. Dude,
0: it is There's good There's always food.
2: a line. It's always out the door, man. But they, I don't know. And then afterwards, if you go right across the street, they got ice cream.
0: Yes. <laughs> so dude, it's a
2: perfect combination. And then on that trip, you know, it's like a block from the hotel. So you had to do it every time.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, phenomenal. Dude, and that's that's your world now. That's what you're living in every day.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Tr- truthfully, we get so much like uh, – we get something called training table. And uh-huh. that food's unreal, so I don't even go out to eat that much. I just eat at the training table. It's like a dining center.
0: Dude, that so. sounds so good. Have you had – what's the big place? Runza? Is that what it's called?
2: Um, So I've only ever had a Runza, and it was at a Huskers football game. I haven't been to the um, restaurant
0: yet. Okay, but
2: it, let me tell you, it is probably top tier football game food. Like, I would buy that every football game,
0: dude. That's that's good to know. It's good to know.
2: It'd be a staple if you ever come to a Huskers game, you got to get a run.
0: I will. Do you have eligibility after this season, or is this it?
2: Oh, this is my last year. This is it. So, I've already pushed it to six. I wasn't lucky enough for a seventh, so.
0: <laughs> I couldn't remember. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast. It's always a pleasure. And, dude, I just, as a former teammate, like I said earlier, proud of you, everything that you're doing. You just, the way that you work is unparalleled. And, dude, keep it rolling into the championships and then keep it going into outdoor season.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.